0: Peace be to you. In the of let us begin with a question.
1: Welcome to Curiously Catholic, the Evangelium podcast. Evangelion's mission is to light the fire of Christ in the hearts of Catholics by sharing the truth of our faith in a compelling manner and that involves you guys so if you guys like what we're doing here please do get involved we have a website evangelion.co.nz and if you want to get involved in the mission which is sharing the gospel to all people in this great nation you can get behind us by involving yourself in the content we've got we've got the blog we've got this podcast and we've got a lot of cool things coming up or you could just get involved by donating so we've got go onto our webpage you can find out all that information there uh, we are currently working on uh, getting some, trying to get some speakers over to New Zealand. I know in this crazy COVID times, how will we do it? Through the grace of God, that's how. So please stay in tune to see how we manage to do that and who we manage to get over. We've got lots of fun things coming over. Other fun things. I don't know if you noticed, right, right here, we've got a, a fancy microphone. That's right. I managed to work out how to set that up, and uh, thanks to people's donations, we're able to make cool things like this happen. So we can provide quality content that is also compelling but you didn't come here to just listen to me talk about microphones no in this podcast we're going to be picking the brains of catholic enthusiasts to try and get to the uh, bottom of how to be catholic in contemporary times my name is dominic and in this podcast we have none but father pat breeze how's it going father pat
0: very well good
1: so for those of you uh, out there that don't know Father Pat. could Father Pat, could you please introduce yourself, give us a bit about yourself? Obviously, it seems that you're uh, some sort of clergy.
0: Clergy, yes I am. I'm a Marist priest here in Auckland. Uh, I've been a priest for about 28 years. And uh, at the moment, uh, I'm involved in the area of formation, formation of uh, young seminarians for priesthood and Marist life uh, in New Zealand. Mm. So I've been doing this job for about four years now, five years. Uh, before that, I've been doing work. Another uh, areas of what we call formation. I've been a novice, master, and formator, and other things as well. So that's sort of been my background for the last ten years or so, or fifteen years. Mm. So working with young people, helping them to work out where their lives are going. Yeah.
1: You threw quite a few words around there, and I just want to kind of like maybe clarify a few things. First off, you are you said you uh, you're a Marist, and you've been a priest for twenty years. So h- how did you become a priest? And why did you choose the Marists? Who are they?
0: Well, I come from a a town in the South Island of New Zealand, where I was taught at a high school by Marist priests and the parish that I went to was staffed by Marist priests in New Zealand, the sort of the missionary order that came first and indeed to the sort of the Southwest Pacific in the 1830s were the Marist fathers from France and the Marist brothers too. And so, they sort of did ministries right throughout the country and taught and worked in schools and things like that. Yeah. So I was sort of brought up in that tradition of the, these priests, and I saw them, and I thought, uh, as I got through high school, I thought, these are good men, and I'd like to join them and be part of what they do. So it was more by example, really. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I didn't know a lot of their history or anything like that, but I saw these men working hard for the Lord, and I thought I wouldn't mind doing that myself.
1: So, um, yeah, because our bishop, Bishop Michael Gielan, he said he got, felt the call to becoming a priest when he was eight. Was it a similar thing for you? Where you're in school and you're like, actually, yeah, I think I'll be a priest rather than getting married.
0: Yeah, it's sort of uh, one of those things that sort of grows slowly. So I would have had as a younger fellow, I would have thought, yeah, this is it. I like the way these men work and what they do. It wasn't really till high school that I sort of personally thought, actually, I wonder if the Lord is calling me to live this way. Mm. so it sort of developed you know over time certainly in my last few years of high school I thought yeah this is what I'd like to do.
1: Mm. Now so you sound like you're a Kiwi through and through but um, correct me if I'm wrong, the Marists are more of a missionary kind of order?
0: They, are, they have a missionary sort of spirit about them mm. like they, when they were founded first of all they were uh, given approval uh, to come to the South Pacific as missionaries but we're not just missionaries in the sense that we do uh, education, teaching, uh, uh, other types of work as well. But we have a strong missionary aspect to our life here, mm. here.
1: So did that send you all over the world for a while?
0: Well, after my formation here and training at the seminary, uh, the first uh, 10, 12 years I was here in New Zealand. And then I was, went to Rome and trained as a formator A person who trains priests. And so I trained in Rome for a couple of years and I worked in the Philippines with a formation program that we had there, a novitiate, uh, with young fellows from all over the world. And then I also went to Mexico to help out there for a year and I went to Fiji for a while and, and then back to New Zealand. So, in that sense, I haven't been like a classic sort of missionary, but I've done international mission work mm. but in the area of of formation of priests and mm. brothers yeah. Mm.
1: yeah yeah i suppose like missionary is mission work and it's like it's very much like um like discernment in that it has this kind of like um you have this kind of idea of what it would be what it looks like and it's kind of big and grandiose and um awesome and but it also has a very you know missionary work starts at home you know discernment sermon starts, mm. you know, you know, at home with you. So I guess like, um, have you found, did you, did you think that when you were going into this, um, ministry in a, like a missionary order was, was like, Ooh, overseas, uh, thing. And then you like actually maybe just
0: stay home. Uh, well, I suppose the underlying thing was that in the religious order that or any religious order, I'm obedient to my superiors. So I had sort of preferences, Mm. uh, but I I knew that I would do what I was asked to do by my superiors. So I didn't really uh, pursue it like as an I must be overseas as a missionary because I knew I may be asked to do something else quite differently. And so that openness of heart, you know, that sense of, well, I'm obedient to my superiors. And if I'm saying yes to my vocation, this is part of living my vocation, you know.
1: Right, I see.
0: So, so like the first 12 years of my ministry were in schools, chaplaincy in schools, oh, yeah. high schools. So there, I suppose if you want to say what was missionary about it, it was really trying to understand the, the culture of the young people and, and at least try in some way to talk to them and use language that was maybe accessible to them or, you know, work in a way that they could understand uh, talking about God, talking about faith talking about the church in a way that maybe they could relate to a little bit mm. that in a sense that was my beginning of my missionary sense of you know living my vocation
1: yeah because here at evangelion we have that kind of missionary zeal of like we want to bring the gospel to new zealand there's lots of people I, we feel in new zealand that maybe you don't know the fullness of the gospel or haven't heard the truth um and found that way yet so like um yeah i guess there there is a mission there is a, a lesson in there for us as well um, but like there's heaps of more questions to talk about on these topics, but let's stick in, get stuck into the topic of this conversation, discernment, a call to adventure. Um, so when I asked you to do this, you said that like adventure sounds like a good, good way to describe discernment. So what do you, what do you think of that name that I gave the episode?
0: It just struck me, uh, one of the first or every time I started to talk about my sense of vocation many years ago, I'd often use this image of adventure. And you were saying before, well, when did I first start thinking about being a priest and a religious? Uh, one of the key events I remember when I was about 12 years old of a visiting missionary to our school who uh, talked in quite a lot of detail. He was a Colombian priest about working in Korea during the Korean war. And the way he, he was in the North and he had to bring, a lot of people to the south, uh, Catholics mainly, but other people too, to escape the war and the what was going on there. And the whole thing of him uh, loving his people, being with his people, and walking with his people from the north to the south to bring them to safety. Uh, and I remember thinking, um, what a great adventure. How, how does a person end up in that situation? And how does a person get a life with such extraordinary meaning and being able to do such extraordinary good, it was through his priestly vocation, his religious vocation. Mm. And for me, that was was authentic adventure. It it wasn't, uh, I'm doing something, I'm having experiences so that I feel great and uh, I learn all sorts of things. His adventure, well, that adventure was for the sake of other people and for the welfare of other people, and for the love of his, of his flock that he was guiding, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And I always remember thinking, wow, what an adventure. Mm. Uh, and that really hooked me. And I remember thinking, well, if I'm going to have a life, I want to have an interesting, adventurous life. And that was language I used in those days You know, as a young person. I think it's good language to, to keep in mind mm. about vocation.
1: Yeah because I actually got the idea when I was listening to an um a podcast a Jordan Peterson podcast he had uh, Bishop Barron on and he, they they were talk like one thing I like about Jordan Peterson is he takes a really fresh look at Catholicism because obviously he's not looking at it from a theological Christian or even a Catholic perspective he's looking at it as a psychologist but in doing so he hits on these real truths that like that it just it just it makes me realise that what the church teaches is objectively true. It's not just a, oh yeah, this is what we think and you can think something else. It's like this is a guy who's not Catholic, he's not a theologian, he's not trying to be. Mm-hmm. He's a psychologist and relatively secular, and therefore and there and then when he looks at things like the Bible, he comes up with these truths which the church has been teaching for thousands of years. So mm-hmm. uh, and I think you know one of those things that has been. I feel like it's more popularized nowadays, but it's obviously been a case, uh, been something that's real for the last thousands and thousands of years is, is discernment. So like what is discernment? Um, Because every time, ever since it's become kind of a, a popular word, everyone's discerning, but no one's making any decisions, you know?
0: Yes. Well, there are many books written on discernment, of course. Uh, A vocation is living fully your baptism living fully the life you receive in Christ at baptism and, of course, nourished in the Eucharist and strengthened confirmed in the sacrament of confirmation. So living fully your Christian life, your sacramental Catholic life to the fullest, because I think when you do that, that's when you're living the life of grace, Mm. despite our sinfulness, living our sacramental baptismal life to the fullest. So that's the sort of the basis upon which we say, well, what is the Lord asking? How is the Lord asking me to do that? For most it is in marriage. But for some it maybe is through single life or through uh, religious life priesthood. Now, the key I think is that we are in relationship with, with Christ, with God in, gr- in the grace of the sacraments. So, and we're also praying. And... The Holy Spirit is working in us to help us have an awareness of what God wants for us. Now, how that how we're aware of that awareness is is difficult. You know, it may not be that clear, but I think it is a process that we keep with, and we work with others. We have guides that help us. We have our own prayer life. Yes, I think. Uh, I think part of it is also, um, it's not just about me, discerning my vocation. It's about reaching out and service to others and understanding and listening to what they say to us as well in that discernment, but it's never like, it's like a lot of things. It's not crystal clear. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause in my research for this episode, I've been looking into what discernment is. And so I'm thinking, I guess when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about how do we discern discern about what God wants for our life? How do we discern about our vocation? But then like discernment isn't just isn't just for vocations. It's you're going to discern spirits, you know, discerning like even really small things in you know, like, how does God want me to move in this day? Um, and I think if we went in down that road, we'd be way too complicated. So um, you mentioned uh, how our vocation vocation is deeply in our baptism about being a Christian, being a Catholic and. Um, and discernment is knowing how to be exactly that what god has called us to be and we've got our options of single married or priesthood or religious um you you said that most of us will be called to married life um could you elaborate why 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 would it be most of us you know what what is is are we not supposed to have as many priests or
0: well yeah, I think just statistically, most are called to married life. That's been the way it's been, you know. Mm. Uh, the Lord may, I think there have been times in history where there have been a lot of priests relative to the numbers of other uh, Catholics, you know, in, in the church. But in other times like now, very few. Mm. So it's, uh, it just depends a little bit on the, the context of the time. Mm. But most have been to married life and many are single and and some are priests or religious
1: do you think there's any tips that you have that how we could work out which one we're more inclined towards um is is there any like kind of objective way of knowing or is it is it quite a subjective thing um because i guess like the thing with discernment and the call to adventure i.e your vocation is it's a step, it's a big step. Like, it's terrifying thinking, okay, if I'm going to do a certain priesthood, that means I'm going to limit my life uh, in a certain way. Or if I choose marriage, I'm going to limit my life in a certain way. I think, you know, as you said, I think most people do get married and therefore it's kind of easier to comprehend. And I think, like, with religious and priesthood, priesthood lives, it's a bit more terrifying because you've got those... Unknowns of like your superior that you mentioned and uh, like the, the call to celibacy, to poverty, etc. Um, so what kind of tips, how can we know what we're more inclined towards? What does God want for us?
0: Well, I think there's a natural, um, you know, for people choosing priesthood or religious life, there's a natural liking for the lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy things of the church, enjoy parish life, enjoy ministerial mm-hmm. life. Uh, enjoy uh, being a person of prayer, uh, study of you know study of theology and scripture. Just a natural liking of those sorts of things. They can that can certainly be an indicator. Another indicator is that um, people are willing to uh, make a sacrifice which they believe they can they can live up to.
1: So. Um... We've talked about different calls to different areas, and you can maybe look at what inclinations you have. Do you enjoy being in the church? You know, um, do you do you desire children? Maybe those things can lead towards an idea of where you're called to. But how do? Um, what if you don't feel called to anywhere in particular? What if you're you know you're working, uh, you've you've done your, you're just doing your degree. You're just doing it because you you enjoy it and then you get a job and you're just working that job and you're trying to figure out where you fit in the church how how do you work that out and but you don't necessarily feel inclined to religious or to priesthood or to
0: um, married life yeah well that's and there are a lot of people like that especially now like in in the years gone by it was really there were just sort of a few choices you know about how you live your life and even how you live your faith And in the past, people lived their faith very much strongly within the culture of their local parish and their local community, and they sort of found their place there. Now, that connection with the local parish in an ongoing way is not there. So people, I think, are a bit more isolated in this quest to find out where is my life going, you Mm. know. Uh, I think there are some things regular in your prayer and sacramental life. I think it's good to have a an accompanier or a spiritual director uh, and also to realize that in fact, there's not a, it's not just a whole thing of clarity, it is a it is a leap of faith too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there will be things that you will, you can sort of choose the heart of your vocation, but there can be things that annoy you or you're not satisfied with. And they're not necessarily a sign that you don't have a vocation, but perhaps a sign that you should grow in certain areas or or uh, learn things about yourself or let the Lord sort of transform your life. There's no perfect lifestyle, basically. There's no perfect vocation. We all struggle.
1: So are you saying that maybe we we could be getting in our own way a little bit regarding our vocation? Maybe we're we're spending too much time uh, trying to work out what we're supposed to be and not enough time being who we are?
0: I think so. I think we can overthink things very easily and uh, we think we have to have all the answers sewn up before we make a decision Mm. Um, as i said before i'm not sure if it came through but uh, most people you know in discerning a vocation if they get to 80 percent of surety they're doing well secondly if they're discerning a vocation they're not discerning to be ordained next week they're discerning to go to the seminary where that discernment goes on that reflection and talking and that that goes on for many years so uh, some people can go into the seminary and only be here for a few months and say actually this is not what I'm supposed to do. And the good thing about that is they say, well look, that's not what I'm supposed to do now. I'm a bit clearer now where I'm perhaps perhaps my life is going. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think people do overthink it. I think it's the culture. you know there are so many options. Mm. but I think really commitment, generosity, trust in the Lord, those things actually move us forward in our life mm. if we're very if we're very sort of protective or you know think things through too much sometimes it's actually we we get paralyzed by it mm. a bit, you
1: because know? i think mm. like also like with the expansion of like um it's like the, the world the global stage um will people are like maybe more aware of like so many different orders and they'll be like i definitely join that order but I live in New Zealand and that order's not here, <laughs> you know? And so, um, yes, like, yeah. you know, you think of like the States or anywhere in Europe, you know, there's lots of different religious there. And uh, I feel like maybe we feel at the in New Zealand we're at the, you know, very end of the earth, you know? And, you know, we, we feel like we've got uh, slim pickings and maybe feel mm. called to religious life, but there's none... That really take your fancy that are here, and especially nowadays with with COVID and stuff, traveling's not really an option. Um, you or like the idea of yeah, I feel called to religious life, but I'm just gonna have to move to France, you know, or I'm gonna have to move mm. to Spain or Mexico. Yes. Is it makes it even more daunting yeah. and maybe even another another loop to to hurdle. Mm. So what what would you yes, say to so that I'm person? Just,
0: yeah. Well, I, I mean, I agree with them basically, and I think, uh, especially for women's religious life, uh, you know, there are there isn't a lot of uh, choice in New Zealand because most of the women's congregations in New Zealand are quite elderly, mm. uh, and uh, and I can understand a young woman saying, "Well, is that? Do I really want to be a part of a group that's sort of aging mm. like that, or doesn't have a strong sense of mission, or?" is not sort of perhaps thinking with the mind of the church too much you know i mean i can understand that very much and uh and young women do often go overseas and look at these different religious orders and and i can understand why they are doing mm. that and and young fellows too at times as mm. well mm. Uh, it you know we we're caught up in the sort of the movement of history aren't we really uh and so and there are some things we can't do much about but uh I'm a firm believer that we turn to the sort of the basics of our call and our and our vocation in the church, whatever it is, and that and that will sort of renew itself if we are faithful to mm. that, you know. But if young people want to go overseas, I think that's fine. I mean, lovely to have them here, but I can understand why they're yeah, doing if that. If they
1: go overseas, just get them to bring their order back, right?
0: <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. And it is starting to happen too, right.
1: yeah. Um so mm bringing it back to discernment um, and also like you know kind of uh, something that you've touched on a few times and like as I said with like, Jordan Peterson's analysis of Catholicism especially in that interview with Bishop Barron he talks about how Catholicism has that call that is the call beyond any other call so like you know the call to success in like business world is is a big call. You know, it takes a lot. But what Catholicism calls us to is something far beyond that, and it is that call to adventure, which is leaving your home. Um, Jordan Peterson gives the example of uh, Abraham, who, for all accounts, is a bit of a, a loser because he's living in his mum's basement, and then God like shakes him and wakes him up, and he leaves it, and all of a sudden he has all the all, all the glory of the well, the now Abrahamic religions as many what was it as many grains of sand on the beach and as stars in the sky will be his um um children but um so like let's translate that into today how do we discern um so that we can hear God I mean because I think we might be limiting ourselves and saying that okay discernment is for for vocation so I'm going to start thinking about priesthood or religious life Or marriage Mm. and but that's 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 a thinking process it's an idea but where does discernment come into that what does discerning look like is it a case of i'm going to start reading a bunch of books is it start a case of i'm going to start
0: 25 novenas or yeah Mm. well i suppose it starts with this thing of um, having an interior life if you don't have an interior life which is uh, self reflective and prayerful and um, animated with this, with, you know, sacramental grace. If, if you don't have that life within you, it's, it's just a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, in, they call that interiority, that self awareness, and more to the point, the awareness of what God is like when He is moving in my life. Do I sense consolations? Uh, peacefulness uh, joy uh, excitement adventure when i say think about being married Mm. or being a priest or religious Mm. Uh, if we have that interiority they can be signs they're not words they're like movements of the spirit that we can we can draw Mm. upon
1: well i think i think especially for people like myself um I get very excited with um, ideas. I'm an ideas person, I like planning things, I like coming up with ideas and working out how it can work. And I think often Mm -hmm. I can get so lost in trying to make things work, I forget to think about should I, you know? And not, not, Mm -hmm. can I do this rather than should I do this? And uh, so like, you know, that has all those elements of like adventure and excitement and it's like, oh, this must be, you know, consolation. Um, but it's actually me just running a thousand miles an hour in the wrong direction. And next thing I know, it's like, actually, I don't feel called to this at all. Um, so okay, is, is there a way of maybe getting mistaken? Could you possibly get the wrong vocation
0: or? Possibly. I think if you're, if you're taking time to do it carefully and, you know, you're sort of checking it out, maybe with a guide, a spiritual director, a, an accompanier, uh, you know, I think you're on the right track and you're making space for it to happen a bit like a like a romance courtship. Mm. There has to be space for that relationship to happen uh, and it has to take time to mature. It's the same for discerning other vocations as well. Mm. Uh, And also, um, I've noticed once people uh, come to the seminary, especially here, my role is to create the environment where that discernment can carry on and they can deepen their sense of what God is asking of Mm. them. Uh, And my experience has been overall that young people are actually, when they start to realize, actually, this is where I feel my life is going. This is what I want to do. There's a great joyfulness uh, as part of it, you know, Uh, and a great sort of, uh, sort of acceptance of our own limitations, our own struggles but the fact that we feel called by God is is incredibly joyful as well.
1: So yeah, it kind of it kind of mm. comes back to that <clears throat> phrase, you know, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Um, mm. so I think a thing that keeps coming back is this idea of interior life. It's like to under- to know what God wants us to do, we have to work on ourselves and you have to get rid of all the rubbish that's, that's blocking our our inner ears from listening to what God is calling to us to. So could you t- talk a bit more about this interior life? Like, how do you get one? Um, how do you maintain one? What does it entail?
0: Uh, I think I think the first thing is that we have to be serious about what we're on about. Uh, a serious quest, not, oh, it just passes my through my mind every now and again, or I had a conversation and I felt really inspired and I wondered whether this was what I, I should be doing. I think the Lord requires a serious uh, relationship. Uh, it's it's not just a sort of something that we think about every now and again. Hope we can get an answer. Mm. So seriousness of the quest, I think, is really important. Time for the for the discernment to take place, uh, mm. the right people to talk about it, mm. with. and also personal time of prayer and reflection uh, and uh, you know, going to mass, going to reconciliation, those things, they will they will all sort of open up a space within us where we will slowly start to sort of pick up the, and this is where we're entering, you see, into this you see, vocation is fundamentally a relationship with God, with Christ, and that relationship is fundamentally a mystery to mm. us. We're entering into the area of mystery. So you can't you can't sort of analyze discernment as a thing you do to get a mm. result. Discernment is actually entering into a space to actually reflect upon and be available for God to work in our mm. lives. It, it's deeply relational, and so uh, that's why uh, you know I can't give all these black and white mm. answers because ultimately it's mystery. It's a call. Mm. Well, yeah, we would never we would never analyze a marriage relationship in terms of why did you fall in love with this person you know was he was he a certain idol or was she a certain oh,
1: yeah, yeah. you know
0: did she have lovely eyes we just don't do that do no. we well we shouldn't analyze our mm. vocation in that way as well it's a mystery
1: but yeah i like what you're saying about you know taking the quest seriously uh making space for it having people to talk with on the way and working on your prayer life because i think um especially in today's world we don't have the time to do those things like live that intentional life Mm. i think we're more what's more promoted is um be spontaneous um follow your um you know what you like follow um your impulses rather than living intentionally and actually working on yourself like uh i know that's something i find very difficult um with adhd my my brain's always going off in other directions and i always want to do other things but uh you know, taking that time that like, actually, you know, I'm going to make sure I listen to this person. I'm going to respond to them properly, or, uh, I'm going to watch my language, or I'm going to, you know, put a routine in my life and I'm going to stick to it. Um, that intentionality, but what does, uh, making space for God look like?
0: Well, you know, most, uh, you know, when you read conversion stories or people that, that sort of Often they become Catholic, and then they often take up a religious life or become priests or religious. They often tell stories about having significant retreat experiences, going to a monastery, uh, taking time away from the world to put everything else aside to attend to this sense of call and get a sense of what the Lord Mm. is asking. So I would say go on retreat. Go to a monastery for a weekend. Uh, put everything else I so put the devices away, put everything else aside and enter into that interior space mm. and uh, take it seriously. And, and uh, you know, it, it may not happen the first time, but I think over time uh, things will happen. Yeah, well,
1: that's cool because uh, we actually have a um, retreat coming up in um, Christchurch, Evangelion's organizing a retreat uh, on Labor Weekend in October looking at identity and healing so it'd be a great um opportunity to get involved in something like that because i i think i feel like um retreats are something that are hyper spiritualized sometimes as well and it's kind of okay i'm going to uh you know leave all my possessions behind and only eat bread and water whilst i you know sit in this tiny cell and only pray rosaries um but i suppose when you talk about going to a monastery for a retreat or uh going on the evangelion retreat on labor weekend in Christchurch, just uh, a bit of promo there um what kind of things can we expect to do for ourselves say, say it's a self-led retreat what how would we lead ourselves what would we what what would we do i guess because like as humans we always want to be doing something or thinking of something or planning something
0: hmm. i think uh it is preferable to have a guide of some sort, especially if you haven't done it before. Uh, or if you haven't done a retreat like that before, not to go for too long, you know, a few hours or an afternoon or something like that. I think you, you sort of build up your capacity to enter into the retreat experience. And so, uh, you know, don't don't sort of try some big heroic thing expecting an answer. Mm. Just Just do it in a time that suits you But, you know, the usual things of retreat are obviously, you know, mass and uh, any other devotional things that may be happening in the monastery. Uh, Times for personal prayer. Very good, obviously, to take the scriptures of the day or uh, a book with uh, or even a part of scripture and reflect on that. You know, a bit of lexio Divina, something like that. Uh, And then times just for walking, for writing, Mm. uh, for just looking at nature, really anything you know as long as we're sort of focusing on ourselves and focusing what the lord wants
1: yeah i like what you said about maybe uh like warming yourself up to it like do an afternoon then a day then like rather than say okay i'm gonna do i remember i heard someone went on a uh, 30 day silent retreat and uh i would i would probably end up shooting myself or something that sounds insane i can do 15 minutes (laughs) i can do 15 minutes and that's my uh silence quota filled um Yeah, but yeah so like then it becomes actually I'm going to make this a part of my life uh, of retreating Mm -hmm. Um, because I guess I don't know how many times Jesus did it in the bible but quite often he said he went up the mountain to pray and he kind of either left everyone alone or he Mm -hmm. took um, two companions with him or something just a few people Um, but yeah and it fits into that intentionality and that making space for God and um, Yeah. yeah i guess it's you know taking your life seriously and it kind of reminds me of um elijah when he you know he just defeated the gods of baal and he runs into the desert and falls asleep and eats cake and drinks water and then he gets sent out into the desert because i think like we all like you know man life would be so much easier if uh, god would just be like you know send like an angel down like you know the annunciation or something he's like you're gonna have a baby he's like mm. okay you know that's easy for me but yeah we want yeah. we want that call for adventure but i feel like as uh god talks to us as we are and what we are a natural being so he talks to us in natural ways um mm. so like how can yeah, So we need to live a life that
0: will make space for that i guess mm. i think also um you know sort of part of adventure is courage uh, because we do faith, we have fears about this. What if I discern the wrong thing, or I, I do? I start in a situation thinking this is what God is calling me to, and it doesn't work out. Or what about my own limitations, my sinfulness, my weaknesses, uh, my questions, even my doubts? Uh, because everybody has mm. them. We have to have a certain courage to say, Lord, uh, despite all these things, this is where I believe you are calling me to. And, uh, and I will follow. And it takes courage. Mm. Uh, so we're not, you know, discernment is a, is a pretty gritty thing, mm. too. Mm. It's not just having a little nice feeling. Uh, it's about discipline, about courage, about making space and about, about making God the priority of mm. your life.
1: We hear in the scriptures of people that kind of rejected what God wanted. I'm thinking of, like, um, Jonah, you know, God was like, go and do this thing. And he's like, no. And then, you know, is that, is that is that, was that just like, is that just like an, an analogy? Is that a a reality that will, you know, what if God wants us to do something we don't want to do? Do we just have to be like, oh, well, I guess I'm gonna to have to do this thing I don't want to do.
0: Oh, no, In the heart of discernment is freedom, of course. The Lord respects our freedom. And you know, I don't think he punishes us. It's not as if, well, you know, I gave him all these clues and he didn't get it and uh, or he knew the answer but he decided to do something else or she decided to do something else Uh, i'm not happy with you you know i remember one person saying god will work with anything that we give him and even if we we don't quite you know uh are not clear on our vocation or we we think we're called to something but we don't sort of respond the lord will not sort of punish us for that he respects our freedom and whatever we do he will help us in that area of our life but i have heard of some people who say oh when I was younger, I thought of going to the seminary or going to a convent, and I didn't. And I wonder, mm. you know, I have heard of those heard conversations like that, but the Lord still gives them a good life and a happy life. But there's always that question for some of some people.
1: Mm. Yeah, because I mean,
0: I but it's not a, it's not a bad thing in the sense of it's a sinful thing. No, yeah, yeah,
1: because um, like I used to when I, I I came to the faith a lot later in life, so like priesthood was never even on my radar, and like I converted when I was 22. And so I'd lived most of my life and then, so I'd just become a Catholic and so priesthood was never an option for me. And then, you know, I met my wife and got married and, you know, it's like, should I have discerned that a bit more? I don't know. I mean, I definitely love being married and I guess that is something that had been on my heart since I was a kid, but like not having had the priesthood option or religious option in my life. Um, because I didn't believe in God, <laughs> I wasn't part of the church. Mm. You know, you, you know. I suppose, you know, there is that question. But um, so, like, it's our life isn't going to be like Jonah. We're not going to have to jump up, jump ship, and be swallowed by a, a big whale and be spat out where we're supposed to be. God can, God can use what we give Him. So it's not in a case, in a sense, you you won't fail. You can't fail it what God wants you to do
0: no because God always wants us to be with him and uh you know in relationship to him and that's and that's the primary thing of our faith is the Lord is with mm. us and so uh, he won't condemn us I mean I think that the Lord understands our struggles and our ambivalence at times and our confusion uh he's very aware of that too so of uh, people that have a good heart and they, and they genuinely do what they feel they're called to do, the Lord understands that. Mm. Even if it's not 100% sure. For them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, because lots of thoughts just running through my head about, like, what about this and what about that? What about the other? Because, um, yeah. so I guess the call to adventure is to be in relationship with God that's that's what that's what the call is and that'll take different forms but ultimately it doesn't matter would you
0: say uh i'm just trying to understand oh it, it does it does matter but i think it's that thing of uh you know the, the call to adventure is not adventure is not the primary metaphor of our faith a primary metaphor is our relationship to the lord And uh, if we are faithful to that, at times it may be a massive adventure. At other times, it may be fairly much just humdrum day to day, Mm. but it's still a vocation. Uh, I wouldn't uh, at this stage of my life say my life is a huge, great adventure. But there have been times when it's been an amazing adventure. Mm. I don't expect it to be always like that. But I think if I get to the end of my life, that would be a word I could use. But the primary thing of my vocation is that i want to be faithful to the lord and to my you know my life of grace and baptism that's my fundamental uh desire Uh, and i feel i can live it out the best way as a priest and a religious yeah because a lot of the questions
1: we were given when leading up to this podcast is that kind of anxiety about getting it wrong about um choosing the wrong path or not wanting or knowing what God wants, but not wanting what God wants, or not being able to find the right person or the right order, or you know, there's all these questions yeah. like, you know, why isn't God more, you know, straightforward? If He has a plan for us, why don't He just tell us? And can I mess it up? And if yeah. I mess it up, what's going to happen? You know. Um, so I think would you be able to talk to that a bit?
0: Yeah. Well, I think you know, going into a into a seminary or say a convent, and finding out you know, after a while, the discernment carries on, maybe finding out this is not what the Lord is calling me to. That's not messing it up. That is just responding to how you felt the Lord was calling you on that stage of discernment. And when people leave formation and stop you know, training in the seminary, it is never, well, okay, this is not for me. I don't know what it is now, but I have to go. Often it is a new discernment. I realize the Lord called me here for a certain experience a certain time but he's actually calling me to another way of life and there's a and there can be often a greater clarity about Mm. that so you know people going to the seminary and thinking after a while oh this is not for me that's fine I I don't see that as a as a bad thing at all I I see it as a wonderful thing because they are taking their sense of vocation seriously and they're they're discerning it and if it goes in another direction that's Mm. fine there's
1: yeah, um, there is a a a kind of thing out there that I often hear priests say to people when they say they want to discern the priesthood. I've often heard a few priests say, "Ah, oh, go and get a girlfriend," you know, look, look you know, tr- live a life a bit. I guess is what they're trying to say, but it kind of brings up the point of like, uh, if I did, a just go and get a girlfriend first, what how <laughs> and, and B. It's like if that, you know, isn't that just like, isn't it safer to say I'm just going to enter the seminary for a few years, and if that doesn't work out, I'll leave, you know? Because like going through this mentality, like I mean, there's a few things of like they say that objectively, like on a spiritual level, priesthood is better than married life because you're kind of closer to God, you're giving your life to God, so we should aim for that. So then it's like okay, you know, or religious life, you know, so let's let's start religious life and we discern away from that, and then we get married. But then that kind of makes think, oh, marriage is the the consolation prize, (laughs) you know, Uh, and it doesn't fit into this idea of a call to adventure, a call to, um, you know, taking the one ring and leaving your hobbit
0: hole. Yeah, Yeah, the the church doesn't quite say it's a higher state. It talks about religious life in those terms, Mm -hmm. Um, in the sense of the vows consecrate us to a way of life, which is very much a full commitment to living you know, for the Lord, witnessing to the, the life to come through the vows. Uh, we don't tend to talk about hierarchy of vocations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just unhelpful. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, the Lord calls us to the fullness of life, no matter what we are seriously discerning. Uh, I think uh, the thing about go get a girlfriend. Well, I think what is lying behind that is that we need to have a certain, well, a good human maturity to enter into formation. And we need to know what we are choosing and we need to be able to make sacrifices and give up things and act as an adult, uh, in, in, in the formation process. Otherwise we, we become like a rebellious school mm. kid, you know, uh, these are all these rules and I, and I want my freedom and I'll just rebel mm. against it. Now that that's because that person perhaps hasn't experienced freedom, autonomy, uh, choices that he, he or she can mm. make. And therefore the formation process in a seminary or in a, formation program is not helpful for them. So I think you yeah, go get a girlfriend. Yeah, sure. That, that's great. Uh, but some guys have girlfriends and they don't grow up in any here <laughs> anyway. They can be as immature, yeah. you know, it's about maturity. I, I got married before I grew up. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. We're all on the journey of maturity, but you know, it's not the two don't necessarily go yeah. together.
1: I, I often say um, I have two daughters, but my wife has three children. Uh, <laughs> it's because you look after me as yeah. well. Uh, I guess um, as you're talking about these things, I was like, I'm wondering, like bringing back to this idea of a call to adventure. That sound, which is like a one, a one call. Um, both vocations have this call to adventure. So, mm-hmm. what would you say are some similarities between the two vocations that both? elicit that call what what makes like you know being a catholic an adventure regardless of you know big v
0: vocation you know i i always go back to this thing that uh living a you know a vocation priest or married or a religious priest or brother or sister uh it's about sort of living that fullness of life that the lord has offered us uh We are people who we know we are redeemed. We know we are forgiven. We know we are destined for eternal life. We know that uh, we are called and sort of mission to go into the world to help the fullness of life come about in the lives of others. Uh, That's extraordinary. We're not we're not a passive person on this earth thinking, well, I'll just go through life and get what I can from it and then die. Rather, I'm a person who is in this world that the lord has god has created and my my role my my vocation is to cooperate with the lord in in fulfilling what the lord has done you know uh redeeming the world in the sense of cooperating with that Mm -hmm. now that's that's a massive uh adventure it's 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 uh it's hugely meaningful and significant and sort of mind-blowing in a way when you think about it but we sort of we do what we can do in our own little context. And I think that's so. one of the
1: things that like uh, really blows my mind with um, being a Catholic. Of like, we have we're asked to do such a supernatural thing in like the most humdrum, natural kind of boring way, which is just because just because we're human, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Christopher West says uh, he talks about. Um, Something Bono said when he got enlisted to the Hall of Fame, or someone said when Bono got enlisted to the Hall of Fame music has a high ask to meet something like so it's almost a religious experience, Uh that's what music asks for us, and it's so far beyond us. But the only thing is that sometimes we get it right, and Christopher West relates that to uh the faith of like we've been asked, we've only been asked to, you know join in Christ's mission of redeeming the world and preaching the gospel to all nations and making disciples. That's all we've been asked to do, just give up your whole life uh, as a living sacrifice so that we may become, we may commune with the you know, creator of the universe. And it would be absolutely ridiculous to ask someone that, except for the fact that sometimes we get it right and there's we see that in the saints. Um, so I guess like... Um, the call to adventure kind of starts at home and it starts with ourselves looking into our interior life and in our prayer life and living that intentional life, going on retreat, trying to find God not out there, but in here and then see how that manifests, uh, in our exterior life. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big mission. It's a big mission. Um, but, you know, God gave us the grace to do it, eh?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I think uh, we're coming to the end of the episode. Uh, we we survived. <laughs> we had a few technical difficulties. Uh, is there anything that you would like to um, say to the people listening as they a, as a sign off um, regarding discernment, regarding um, listening to God?
0: Hmm. Um, I suppose what comes to mind is that uh, now that I'm older, th- life seems a bit simpler, you know. And, uh, and I've sort of been through a few battles and a few ups and downs and seen the grace of God working in my life. And I look back on my life and I often think to myself, why did I get so worried about these things? Or why did I make things so complicated for myself? Um, I just encourage people just to uh, trust their heart trust their relationship with the Lord uh, and take time to to act on what they feel the Lord is asking of them uh, and not to sort of make it a, a mountain when it's really just another stage on the journey. You know, it's another, another place you're going to walk. It's not a, you're not having to do a massive sort of change of life necessarily. You're just discerning another step on the way. So uh, that would be some thoughts here. That's brilliant.
1: Well, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Um, we might try and do another episode with you where the internet doesn't mess up. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch with that. Um, but for everyone else listening, thank you for staying through to the end, all those that did. If you enjoyed this message, do maybe share other videos that we do. They're less uh, broken up because of internet connections, but share our stuff, like, subscribe to all the things that we do. As we mentioned in the episode, we have a retreat coming up in Christchurch, so if you live in Christchurch, if you know someone in Christchurch, if you're not from Christchurch but you live near Christchurch, you can get to Christchurch, go to Christchurch on um, Labour weekend and go to this retreat. We ran one in Auckland earlier in the year and it was amazing, only good feedback from it. Uh, I wasn't able to go myself, but I've heard so so much good things about it, and it's happening again in Christchurch. You can get involved, and you can start taking your life seriously. You can start making that space for God, and you can start listening to what he wants for you. Check out what your identity is and your healing is, and check out all our other things on evangelion.co.nz. My name is Dominic Melgeri. This has been Curiously Catholic. Check us out. God bless.